0: This episode discusses suicide and suicidal ideation. Some people may find this distressing. If you or someone you know is struggling, please talk to a friend, a family member or somebody you trust. Ask your GP for help or free phone Samaritans on 116 123. Free phone from any phone in Ireland. You're never alone. Support is available 24-7, 365 days a year. Don't suffer in silence. Help is on hand. Hey, stay okay,
1: better.
2: Film episode 156 of the Talking Bollocks podcast brought to you by Galdell. It's me, Terry Flower. It's me, CLB. And this I'm week we're joined by...
1: Jackie Fox. <laughs>
2: Jackie, what's the story? How are you? I'm
1: fine, thank
2: you. Thanks very much for coming in oh, with us today. Thanks for
1: having me.
2: There's a little room going around, Jackie. I don't know how true it is. <laughs> you don't like cuddle. <laughs> <laughs> how true is that?
1: It's very true. I, I actually never tasted it. I never... Touched it in my life, and it's just the look of it is just absolutely disgusting. So I couldn't. That's
2: the most common thing where I hear, you know, when you're trying (laughs) to explain to people. Like now, usually, culties and all you're trying to explain to the culties yeah. that coddles the best thing ever. And and you showed him a
0: picture, you showed him a
2: picture, oh, and you're just this, like, this is
0: No, no
1: but like, trust yes. me, I it don't do any justice. It's <laughs> a big mess, yeah, <laughs> it is, it
0: is. yeah. Oh, the, sorry, it, sorry, it is rotten looking, look, it tastes absolutely sensational. I'll
1: take your word for it, <laughs> yeah. You're gonna,
0: you're gonna try it, Jackie. <laughs> Jackie. Uh, no.
1: know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> said, Yeah, for the podcast.
2: <laughs> 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 There's another room I'm going around, Jackie. That you come in with a zinger for us. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Jackie asked us earlier mm. on about the would you rathers or the zingers, mm. and she told us that she has one. So, okay.
1: have you got one for us? Yeah. Okay, so would you rather be stuck in a lift for three days with Leo Faradgar <laughs> or Eamon Ryan? <laughs> See, <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> so, uh, that, that's it. It's one or the other. Yes. One of them to For
2: three days. Yeah. <laughs> Can I do a month on my own in
1: the lift? <laughs>
0: <laughs> how long does it take to do your starvation <laughs> I don't know but. more than three days
2: isn't it <laughs> um, oh, I have to give it to Jackie that's a good one
1: Well, I, I said I'd pick Eamon Ryan because he's been known to fall asleep so I would be hoping he'd fall asleep for the three days. Yeah, that's a good And I wouldn't chill. have to talk to him. <laughs> that's a good show. So <laughs> Ryan for
2: me. <laughs> that's a good show. Based off that bit of information, <laughs> I'm the yeah. i go Aimee Ryan, Michelle.
0: Yeah. I'd pick him Ryan off that, oh. based off that as well, yeah. Have you ever seen that big man? I thought I did. Hang on, I might have him. Yeah, it was my little brother actually sent it to me over the Christmas and I thought this was very weird because he's only gone 16. Hey, he bro. says, Would you rather father ted, or only fields and horses? Father Ted I don't think I've ever seen I watched Father Ted Yeah
2: for Ardle love Ardl O'Hanlon when we had Ardle on mm. and I thought it was very good I've never seen Only Fields and Horses I know Is that did. the old, next year we're going to be millionaires or something? <laughs> yeah. yeah Now that yeah. little flag you know yeah. And you
0: know what's mad? You're like a character from Only Fields and Horses <laughs> I Don't know whether that's good Roddy. or bad
1: <laughs> Roddy <laughs> Roddy <laughs>
0: Roddy <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're like your whole humour You'd love Only Fields and Horses Yeah Right well that's my bit of homework
2: for the podcast than go home and watch Fields and Horses. <laughs> so, you're picking Father Ted? I'll go Father Ted because he's the only one I've seen. Yeah. What are you picking, Jackie? Father Ted, uh, yeah, definitely, yeah. See, so we had Idle Landis. Yeah. What's, ah. what's his character in it? Dougal. Dougal. He's yeah. Dougal in it, yeah. Idle yeah. is the man, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. How long did we have Idle Landis podcast?
0: Oh, it was early days. Was... Over, over two
2: years ago, would it have been?
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, over two years ago. Mm. Yeah.
2: Nah, uh, he's
0: funny. Fair enough.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's all we have, Zinger's with.
0: Yeah, that's all I can think of, unless you have another one. I don't. You didn't get any over the crimbo or no, anything like this? No, Just no. for the record, this is our first time recording this year, so... Mm. Yeah, we, everything else was pre-recorded,
2: leading up. And you had nothing done? Nothing. <laughs> I love my to be relaxing. <laughs> Chilling out, you know what I mean? No celebrations. <laughs> all. Yeah, of course. Right, so, that singer's over, don't we? Jackie, we're going to jump into a bit about yourself. And why you're in here today,
1: that's
2: all right with you. Mm -hmm. If you want to take us back to the start of your life, where are you from? And what was life like growing up for yourself?
1: Um, I'm originally from Tala. And um, I have two sisters and a brother. And I was probably the boldest one out of of the, the, the four of us. I spent... I think a good half my childhood grounded <laughs> for just sucking the maggot and stuff and all. Mm. Um, but you know, I no, I had a happy childhood and you know everything just just a normal um, school was grand. I loved all my friends in school and um, yeah, no, just normal childhood, happy childhood, grown up yet. So where did you say you grew up? Talla
2: in Talla. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it sticks. yeah it sticks yeah, it's basically
2: <laughs> it's basically not Dublin yeah. how did you go on in school did you finish school or not
1: well back then <laughs> way back then <laughs> um, nobody really did their, their leaving cert I did my junior cert and I did really well in, in, in that surprisingly because I I uh, missed so much school like um on the <laughs> so, um No, I did good in, in school. Um, I did my junior cert, and then when I left, then I just got straight into to working in a job. But well, back then, that's what most people would have left, you know, after the junior cert. So yeah, I didn't. Uh,
2: yeah, go on to do my leaving. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Jackie, look, first and foremost, we need to thank you for coming in mm-hmm. here because we know. What you're coming in for and what you're pushing, it can't be easy to talk about. We know you're doing it fairly regularly as well at the moment. But it can't be easy for you and I'm sorry you've we're a little bit awkward here as well. (laughs) Okay. It's usually we're all right, but it's a little bit of a sensitive topic to talk about. Um if you want to give us the reason or the background as to why you're in here today and what you're pushing.
1: Okay, so um I've two boys at home and I had one daughter um Nicole uh, Nicole she was a funny bubbly lively Beautiful girl, she she had a great personality. She'd great friends growing up. She was cheeky like anyone else, and many times I used to run up the stairs after her, you know, in an argument. And she'd get up the top of the stairs before me, and she'd always turn around and say, Mam, what are you running for? You can't even walk." to <laughs> you know, and she'd she'd beat me up the stairs, and and but she was just, you know, she she was good in school. She was a wizard at maths. She loved maths, and she wanted to do something when she got older. You know, like an accountant or stuff like that. She also wanted to do a lot of travelling, but um, unfortunately, she never she never got to do any of these things. She had a great childhood. You know, we spent um, we had a mobile home in Court Town in Wexford for. 16 years and we used to go down, you know, all through the summer, our bank holidays, midterms, you know, and we'd spend hours on the beach with, with the kids and all their friends and we'd go crab fishing. They'd jump off the pier in Cahor, you know, uh, with their armbands and as they got older without their armbands. And, you know, we had such a such a great time. She's such a, a happy childhood. We used to go into a forest in Courtown at say one or two in the morning and there'd be a big group of us and we'd only have like each one would only have a little torch and a stick you know and we'd go we, we'd never stay on the trail we'd always get lost you know on purpose in the forest and the only way we would find our way out of the forest is listen to the sound of the sea and once we heard the sound of the sea we knew that'd lead us back to the beach and then back to the car but it was often nearly daylight by the time we'd be we'd hear the noise of the sea and you know she she's great friends in court town and she was very trusting, which actually went against her as she got older. And um, But yeah, she had great friends, great personality and everything was fine. Everything was great until she reached, uh, she was coming up to the age of 18 and she couldn't wait to get to her first nightclub once um, she turned 18. Now, don't get me wrong, she used to try and get in before she was 18 and she, she'd get dressed and have her makeup on and... She, she'd she go down to the same nightclub with the same bouncer on the door every Saturday and he'd still say, no, Nicole, you're not getting in. You know, you've only a few weeks left and, you know, she couldn't wait and um, came to a time where she, uh, she turned 18. She had a friend at the time, he was a boy, and so the two of them went off to the nightclub and every, everything was fine for the first few months, but it wasn't until... Um, the bullying started it started with now Nicole was 18 as I said when she went to the nightclub but the person that bullied Nicole was 23 and she liked Nicole's friend she liked the boy and the only way she could get closer to this boy was to make friends with Nicole and she did that and everything was fine and it wasn't until she realised that the boy he didn't want to be with this this other girl and she hated that she hated the fact that Nicole was still going now happy with her friend so this girl was a coward. She couldn't bully Nicole on her own. She had to um, form a group of people because it's so much easier to pick on someone when you have a group behind you than, than, did, than it yeah. is yeah, on your own. So at the start, she got about six or seven people against Nicole, all because she couldn't get the boy that she wanted. They started off with silly little things, like, you know, Nicole would put her drink on the on the table and they'd knock it off or they'd push her, you know, down to the ground. But it wasn't until they started to get more serious. Although Nicole didn't smoke, um, she, she went out one night with her friend Cara and Cara smoked and they went down to the smoking area. But these six or seven people, they started to gather around Nicole and what they started to do was stick the cigarettes into, into Nicole's skin. Like they'd stick it into her arm one week or her leg or whatever. And this happened, what, what I'm going to tell you, is happened over the space of three and a half years. So this was constant um, bullying that they did. Another night, Nicole um, she came out of the bathroom and she was heading over towards her friends and Two of these people um, walked towards Nicole, but they pushed her so hard into the corner of the table that with force that they actually dislocated nicole 's hip and she ended up in in hospital. Nicole loved to sing and dance she loved it, and she had the most horrific, horrendous singing voice that you could. <laughs> she was so bad but you know she didn't care she loved to dance and sing and she'd get up on the dance floor and again these people would gather around Nicole and they'd pretend to dance where they'd get their elbow and give her an elbow in the the chest or in the side of the head or whatever and knock her down to the ground but they were so cute about it they'd help her up and they'd go, oh, I'm so sorry, Cole, you were so small because Nicole was five foot the same height as me, she was only five foot. And so to other people looking on, it looked like it was an accident because they were helping her up off the floor, but they kept hurting her every every time she went down. But there was also a metal flight of stairs in the nightclub and one of them actually got her by the hair and bounced her down each and every metal step until she she, she got to the end. The group... This this main girl was getting more powerful because she had all the people behind her. So the group was starting to get bigger and bigger, and they actually made a fake profile page. And on the the page, they said that you were never going to leave Nicole alone, that you were going to beat her up so badly and leave her on life support, and and any chance they could get, it, they would beat her up. But Nicole, she never, she didn't go to the same nightclub every every weekend. She'd go to different nightclubs. But you know what the likes of, I don't know, WhatsApp and Snapchat. If, or by someone telling them, they'd always find out where Nicole yeah. went. So they'd go to the same nightclub just to just to hurt her and do what they can. Yeah,
2: Jackie. See, see, <coughs> when you're saying that they would do these things and then they would help her up and <coughs> make it look like it wasn't malicious. Mm, Did yeah. Nicole know that the uh, this is malicious or yeah? So they were just making it look not malicious to everybody. To else. To
1: everyone else, yeah. What they, yeah, but they she,
2: Nicole knew that yeah, she was that, they they, they, they were targeting
1: her. Yeah, so.
2: And you were saying that it wasn't just the one nightclub that they were following her around. Yeah. Did she know these people?
1: Yes, they were her friends. Um. W- no, they weren't her friends. She she would have known them from the nightclub or from say school or whatever. Like she 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 she, she knew them. All. Yeah.
2: They weren't strangers.
1: No, they weren't strangers at all. Like
2: you said, she was the main bully. Was twenty three
1: at that time. Yeah.
2: Like it's hard to wrap your head around that. Mm. it might not seem like much like five years mm. when Nicole yeah. being 18 and yeah. her being 23 but that's a lot yeah. it's a lot of difference in age yeah. from yeah. them particular yeah. years yeah. you know what I mean yeah. like, so she, she's yeah. she's basically a woman like
1: yeah. Mm. Yeah. and
2: she's chosen yeah. to get people yeah. how was she getting people to turn on Nicole
1: Um, Rumors
2: and yeah, just
1: rumors. Like I'm not, I'm not just saying it because she's my daughter. But Nicole was stunning when she went out. She, Mm. you know, and she would get attention from other boys, and they hated the fact that she was getting chatted up by other other people. And they would go over to the boy and then bring him over and start telling them, I don't know what they were telling them, but you can imagine what they were telling them. So then the boy would go away from Nicole, Mm. and actually they. The physical abuse was bad enough, but they, they weren't happy because Nicole still went out every week with a fake smile on her face. and um, She had that fake smile, that fake mask that she'd go out and Nicole never suffered with anxiety or anything like that growing up and what started to happen to her was she'd go up, she'd get ready, she'd have her makeup on, her dress on and then I would hear Nicole thrown up in the bathroom and I used to go up and I'd, I'd hold her hair back and I always said to Nicole... Would you not just stay in, just stay in? Because I knew she'd be safe if she'd stay in. And she, she always turned around and said, no, ma'am, why should I have to stay in? I should be able to go out and have a laugh and, you know, have a few drinks and, and go out dancing. And she was 100% right. She should have been able to do that. So she would go out and with that fake smile on her face and continue to just, you know, dance. And, and, that, and that annoyed him more because he thought he weren't, Getting to her then, and that's when they decided to go online. Then, yeah, Yeah. she didn't want them to see that she was
2: putting on a brave face, yeah. Really, you and her would have known. (laughs) Oh, yeah, she was, yeah,
1: you could see her confidence slipping, her smile. You know, she with the physical abuse was horrendous constantly. Or actually, there was a shop just around the corner from me, we lived in and then, and there was a shop. Just less than five minute walk and she said one day ma'am I'm just going to the shop I'll be back in a few minutes and I can't remember what I was doing but I got distracted and I remember saying she's gone a, gone a while and I, I rang her and she could barely even talk on the phone she had met three of these people from the nightclub and they beat her up she didn't even make it to the shop and they beat her up but it was although the physical abuse was really bad um for her it was the online abuse that actually got into her head that that destroyed her from the actually up from the physical, uh, from the the online abuse there was probably even up to say probably 15 people at this stage like it was just getting bigger and bigger and she was getting more powerful, the the bully you know and they made a whatsapp group and they were all slagging Nicole and sharing stuff and it wasn't until Nicole's friend Cara got invited into the WhatsApp group and told Nicole what was going on but they had actually shared a video of a girl some random girl with her face blurred out and this girl was with three other men but they shared that all around social media saying look what Nicole's doing and every day you know with the likes of Snapchat you know they'd send something and am I only last for 10 seconds or something uh, they'd send her every day and not once she never ever ever responded to them because she, they would have loved that you know they would have jumped on that but they tell her every day go and hang yourself you know um, slit your wrists everyone hates you why are you still breathing you know um, go and kill yourself but they also send her videos of um, a noose all the time of how to hang yourself as well um so the the mental abuse was was really getting into her head so she still had the physical abuse as well so three and a half years of physical abuse and mental abuse online and it was just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and one day um, I came home. I was afraid to leave Nicole on her own for too long because she wasn't my cold anymore. You know, she was... She she used to spend so much time in her room then on her own. She, she'd she cry herself to sleep most nights. She would sleep a lot. And I would try and get her out of, out of her room all the time. Nicole loved McDonald's. She would eat McDonald's every day if I let her and she used to text me from her bedroom and I knew when I'd see a text with Jackers on it, I knew she was looking for something, <laughs> you know, and she she texts me and she'd go, yup, Jackers. <laughs> Are we going to Macers? You know, and, and I'd text her back, no, you can't keep eating that crap, you know, and then... 10 minutes later, 15 minutes later, I'd be sitting in McDonald's with her just to, to get her out of her room, you know, or we'd go for walks and stuff and stuff like that. Yeah. But she was sinking, she was sinking. So
2: I, I can't imagine, obviously, what she was going through, but what you were going through seeing your daughter... Over them three and a half years, could you see her physically deteriorating?
1: oh, definitely big time yeah, she was just she she I was trying to to build her up again, and with the physical abuse, we did go to the guards, and I remember standing in the guard station and the guard was looking at, at Nicole and because she was over eighteen, she ha- would have happened to make a statement, and she turned around to me and she says, "Ma'am, I can't make a statement look what look what they're doing to me now." Um, if I make a statement and the guards go to their house, man, they'll kill me. And so she, she didn't make a statement. But with the online abuse, there was nothing. It wasn't a criminal offence. You know, you could say anything to anyone and there was, there was no law. But one day, um, Nicole, um, I was always scared to leave her for too long. But I'd always ring her for something stupid. You know, it, um, she has a, a boxer dog, Bruce. I'm left with Bruce now. Big dribble, big dribble boxer. And um, she loved him. And I'd ring her for, you know, and for something stupid. And I'd say, you know, did you feed Bruce or did you let Bruce out? I didn't care when she answered the phone to me. And one day she didn't answer the phone and I rang her again. She she still didn't answer the phone. And I knew I just got a sickening feeling in my stomach. And when I went home and um, I called her and there was no answer. And I went up to her room. But Nicole had taken an overdose and um, I rush, rushed her to Tala Hospital and we spent four, myself and Nicole spent four nights in Tala Hospital and I remember the doctor saying to Nicole, do you regret it? And uh, she said, yeah. And the doctor said, well, that's good. And she goes, no, I regret it, it didn't work. And when you hear your little girl saying something like that, the uh, the fear, the panic, the perilousness that comes over you, it's just, it's just unreal. But the most sickening part of that was the next day, after the four days when she, she was let out, she was sent to CAMS and this was just her personal experience. Um, and she cried her eyes out and she told them all about the physical abuse, the mental abuse. She told them how she was feeling and that she she, she just felt she, she couldn't live past another day with, with everything that was going on. And the guy in CAMS just said, sure Nicole, it's just a phase you're going through. It's all part of life. And I couldn't believe when I heard it's not a phase that anyone should go through and it's not all part of life that, you know, that that anyone. Half years
0: of torture, yeah. Yeah,
1: that's not all part of life and so, I remember then we tried to build her up ourselves and bring her to McDonald's or go shopping or anything just to get her to get her out of her room but she was she she was well sunken. I didn't like I didn't have a clue what was about to happen then, you know, and
2: was that a forced time <laughs> self harm or aunt- No long?
1: No. Um after the overdose she actually um One one evening I walked into her room and she she had, it was a warm evening, it must have been because she had pyjama shorts on her and she had got her nails and she dug them so deep into her skin, in her legs and then another time she dug them so deep in her belly but it wasn't it, she started digging them her nails so deep into her face. She was never a bully, you know. She she couldn't understand why they were doing this to her and she was so frustrated and I'm trying to to hold on to her, you know, and try and build her up so so I wouldn't wouldn't lose her. Still not still not having a clue what was about to happen, you know. Um and another time I actually I I remember going into the bedroom and she was sitting on the edge of the bed and she wasn't crying and she just looked at me and she said, Mam, um, <clears throat> she said, Mum, I can't do this anymore. And the only reason, ma'am, um, why I can take my own life is um because I don't want to leave you heartbroken. And that's the type of person Cole was. She wasn't thinking of herself. She knew that if if she left me, that I would be devastated. And even even now sitting here, like I'm beyond heartbroken. I'm I'm beyond devastated but she held on for the, for the three and a half years so because she didn't want to leave me heartbroken she knew she knew I'd be she knew I, what I would do to me but you know I just I got so much for her and and, and, and and again I still didn't know what was what was to face us you know mm.
0: and over those three and a half years Jackie is Nicole telling you yeah. all the stuff that's happening mm. like they're doing this and they're doing mm. that and mm. So
1: we had um, a screenshot on on the phone. We had all the texts, the threats, the the the, the news, all the messages on the phone. Um, no, she was very open with me. She she would always. I knew exactly what was going on. My thing was I couldn't take on. These were all adults. Do you know, and it's so hard to take on and, and, and the group was getting bigger and bigger. So my my main thing was to build Nicole back up to try and get my little girl back to who she who she was. But, you know, she, she was just she was gone. Um, But it's weird. Christmas time. I didn't know it was going to be myself and Nicole's last Christmas ever. And she loved, our favourite time of the year was Christmas. So Christmas just gone is like, it it kills us, you know, I I hate, I hate Christmas now. And we'd all meet in my mum's house for for Christmas, all the aunties, uncles and cousins and we'd have dinner. But that last Christmas that I didn't know was going to be our last, she, and I didn't, I didn't realise that that day she started to take photographs Nicole was always the one that took photographs. I actually remember that morning she took a, a selfie of myself and Nicole and I went, oh, Jesus, Cole, don't put that up on Facebook. I look awful. And then she goes, I know, man, but I look great. <laughs> <laughs> she went over it anyway. But um, she's the one that would always be the one that takes the photographs. And I didn't realise that day that it wasn't until after that she actually took photographs of individually of Nicole and her nan, Nicole and her granddad and each auntie and cousin, uncle and cousin and and myself and Nicole, she had a great Christmas. It looked like she had a great Christmas and things started to change after Christmas. She started to go out with my niece Gemma and her friends and they'd go to a different nightclub and two nights she got out and these people never followed her. They never um, followed her to, to the two nightclubs and I was going, oh wow, Maybe they're going to leave her alone now. And she's having a great Christmas. Things are looking up. Things are are, are going to be okay, you know. And it wasn't until um, on the 17th of January, Nicole was getting ready to go out. The, The 17th of January was a Wednesday and she was getting ready to go out for the Saturday night. And she was in great form. She was in brilliant form. She had a great Christmas you know, going out um, having a ball. And that Wednesday, the seventeen she said, instead of me dragging her out of the room to try and bring her shopping and stuff, she said to me, Mam, do you want to go shopping in Liffey Valley for, and I'll go and get a dress for Saturday. And I'm going like, yeah. I was like, wow. She wants to go shopping, you know. She had her eyebrows booked for the Friday and we went shopping and Nicole got a beautiful little red dress. Now when I say little, I mean like it was it was a little red dress. And um after that, obviously we ended up in McDonald's. And But that, that red dress is in my wardrobe now with the tags still on it because she never got to wear that red dress. Um, she got the dress. And that night, that Wednesday night, like every other night, me and Nicole would always have the chats, you know, and she was in great form. And she said to me um, uh, every every night before she'd go to bed, she'd always say, Night, ma'am, I love you. And when she'd go, I'd always say, Night, Cocoa Pops, I love you too, because I used to call her Cocoa Pops. And the only difference with that night was I didn't hear her cry herself to sleep because every other night she'd cry herself to sleep and wake up feeling just as crap as she did the, the, the next morning. But that night, that particular night, she didn't cry. And I'm like... I'm just the happiest person. I'm like, great Christmas. Looking forward to going out. Eyebrows booked. Going out Saturday. They haven't been following her. And she's not crying herself to sleep. And I was so, it was a brilliant feeling. I'm going, wow. The next day, the 18th of January, um, it wasn't unusual not to see Nicole. Um, My dad had Alzheimer's at the the time. And I would go down to my mum's house a few times during the week, but I'd always go down on a Thursday. And, you know, my mum would go shopping and I'd mind my dad. So on the 18th of January I got home at about 20 past 3 and I dropped one of my sons to work and then I went on around to collect my 14-year-old son Lee from from school and when we came home and um, I opened the door and myself and Lee and um, walked in the door and we saw Nicole there and it was clear to us that um, she had tried to take her own life. I remember making this sound, I, I I don't even know what it sounds like, but it wasn't a scream or it was like a howl or something from the bottom of my stomach. And um, I had the, the ambulance crew on, loudspeaker, and my neighbour took Lee, Lee off um, to her house and I was begging her like, not, to, not to leave me. And I was saying, it's going to be OK, babby. You know everything 's going to be fine and and um, she was still alive; she was still warm she still she had a heartbeat and I remember when the 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 ambulance crew came and they took her into the kitchen and I was in the sitting room with my friend and and the guards and I begged them all, all I just asked them for one thing is, can I go out and just hold a hand that you know she needs me right now, I need to be with her and they said um no that that i couldn 't." And they eventually, what seemed like forever, which I know it wasn't, I don't even know how long it was, but they put Nicole in the back of an ambulance and myself and Lee were in the police car behind the ambulance and the ambulance took a right and we went straight. And I, I said to the guards, like, why aren't we? We need to get behind the ambulance. And the guy said, it's OK, um, we'll get there first. Um, I didn't understand even what they, they meant. And But on the way to the hospital in the back of the ambulance, um. Nicole took a massive heart attack and died. But being Nicole, that, that brave person that still went out every weekend with a smile on her face, that that person that held on for three and a half years because she, she didn't want to leave me heartbroken. And, um, anyway, the, the, the ambulance crew got Nicole's heartbeat back again. And we got to the hospital and Nicole was I, about five seconds with her and I, I remember saying, it's going to be okay, babby. And they took her off me. But do you remember I said at the start that these people were going to beat her up so badly that they were going to leave her on life support? Um, Nicole, Nicole was put on on life support. Um, the doctor called myself and my two boys into a room and Lee, Lee actually said, is she going to be okay? And the doctor said uh, no, that she's got extensive brain damage and that her organs were going to start to shut down. Um and it's weird, although I, I heard what the doctor said, I heard every word, but I couldn't comprehend the fact that she's not coming home. Like, I just couldn't get that into my head, while well, she's, she's, she's not coming home with us. Um, and she was on life support, and I remember on the Friday, the day she was supposed to get her eyebrows done, um, I remember going up to her face, and I was, you know, rubbing her cheek and rubbing her hair, and um, I went right up to her face, and I said, Call. If you just open your eyes for five seconds, that's all. Just open your eyes for five seconds and just go, yup, Jackers, And um, are we going to Macers? That's, that's, uh, that's all I wanted her to say. I would have gotten her everything. Um, but she never, she never got to open her eyes. And when I heard the words that the doctor said, um, I was still thinking that she was coming home. All the way, I was thinking. And this is going to sound really weird, okay, but my mind was like, Pfft. I remember when Nicole, um, when Miss and Lee walked into the hallway, Nicole was in a housecoat or dressing gown. I know you're going to have a debate with that <laughs> housecoat or dressing gown, but she was in her housecoat and her hair was all over the place. She was there, with was messed. And, but I remember when she was lying in the bed and, and this is weird, but this is what I thought. Um, I stood over the bed and I, I I just went, Jesus called the state of you. You didn't even wash your hair. <laughs> and I washed her hair because I thought like my our friends and my family were coming up not to visit her but to say goodbye and, but I'm t- still thinking she's coming home with me so we washed her hair in the bed and I did her hair up the way she would love it and and I put lip gloss on her and I painted her nails and, and, and I said to her you're going to thank me for that when you come home you're going to say Scarlet you know <laughs> after. so we did her up and but it was only the next day, the Saturday, the, the night she was supposed to go out, the early hours of the Saturday morning on the 20th of January. Um, Lee, Lee had come in to see Nicole as well and he, he, he collapsed and he was taken to another part of, of the hospital um, where he was looked after. He was sedated and you know they were looking after him in one part of the hospital and, and her brother. Um, but on the early hours of Saturday morning, the nurse that was and Cole with me in intensive care she she came over to me at Nicole's heartbeat start going erratic and her blood pressure was all over the place and the nurse came over and she just put her hand on, on my shoulder and she said to me really quietly and um, she said it's time and I knew exactly what that meant then I knew that she wasn't coming home with me and I remember getting up on the bed lying on the bed beside her and I was rubbing her cheek and her hair and I was kissing her and the only words, the last words I got to say to Cole was "And um, I said just let go baby. I said because no one, no one is ever going to hurt you again and no one is ever going to touch you and the last words, the very last words I got to say was I love you Cocoa Pops um, and then she died. She died then. And 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 the signal part was, I think it was like, two, I think it was two days later or the day after, I'm not sure, um, the, the guards came to me and, and I, I showed them my phone. I said, look, I have all the messages and all the threats and everything on the phone. And um, the guards said, Jackie, they did nothing wrong. And they were right. Um, they the they did nothing law, wrong. Yeah. The, or, or lack of law. Yeah, yeah. There, was nothing, there was no one there to, to punish someone for dragging someone down so low where they made something feel like that they just couldn't live past another day, you know? Mm.
2: It's absolutely vile. Mm. I can't imagine how
0: tough it is to talk about. It's actually tough to listen to it as well. Yeah. Uh, it's really hard to digest because like I have a little girl. So like I'd be out for blood, Jackie, to be honest, which I like, I'd be genuinely I'd be gone through people's gas if mm. I was in that scenario. Um
1: Yeah, I wanted to
0: yeah, and and mm. like no one would condemn you for thinking that way. Mm. Um what you were saying there about having a good Christmas, it's something I read before that you know, when people are going through a dark spell in their life and they're going through depression and suicidal thoughts, if they suddenly have an uptick in form, they've already yeah. decided that they're gonna end their life. Mm. And because they know the way out is there, yeah the form changes. So mm. like that's just something for like people who are listening to be worthy of. Yeah. That if you see that in somebody yeah, to uh, reach out and
1: mm-hmm. and
0: talk to them about that. Because
1: um, it was only after you do hear people saying, "Ginny, I only seen them the other day and they were in great form." Yeah. Now you know why. Yeah. Because they 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 know that they're.
0: Yeah, the end is coming. they yeah. know that way yeah. out is there which yeah. is absolutely yeah. horrific like yeah. that
1: and I, I, I'd never I've never ever been angry with Nicole or annoyed with her for for sneaking off I always say she's a sneak off her but <laughs> <laughs> I'd never ever be annoyed with her because she tried so hard she tried so hard and even you know she got knocked down so many times every time she'd build herself up she'd dye her hair a different colour, you know, just try and change and and get out there and try again. And I mean, she had her hair black and pink and blonde and red and purple. And every time she got knocked down, it was her way of getting back up. And and she she tried so hard. It was in January when it happened and and I thought everything was, was going to be fine. But it started back again straight after January. But there was more people joining in and uh, I just, I don't know, I just think that the start of the year, I, I'll never, um, I always ask, you know, what was her last thoughts or what was she thinking? And I, I just think that she thought, it's only January, I, I, I can't do this for another year. And um, You know, she just, I, I can't blame her, I don't blame her. No, no, She just couldn't, she just couldn't find a way to stay anymore. You know, they they destroyed her.
2: Just even listening to you, Jackie, like strength and resilience have to be the two biggest words you could use about it I think uh, three and a half years of mm-hmm. constant yeah. mental and physical torture like that mm-hmm. The whole on for that length of
1: time
2: <gasps> and I think like that conversation that she had with you when she said she doesn't want to leave you I really do believe that just from listening to what you're saying about me mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. sound like you're just little best mates
1: oh she was my shadow like we we did everything together like she was she was my best friend you know uh, oh we did we were always together always together and um, mm. you know and and I and I she did hold on for me. And I had to, I had to live with that guilt for a long while. It's kind of, you're in a scenario, like if she didn't hold on for me, then I would have lost her earlier. But then she did hold on for me, but short, three and a half years of, of bullying. And I, 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 I was saying like, like she held on, because she didn't want to leave me, she held on for me, but she held on for mental and physical abuse. Mm. So she didn't want to leave me, but then.
0: Had to endure that herself.
1: Yeah. Or And then if she went earlier, then I would have lost her earlier. It's a, it's a, yeah, a I, no win. I hear thing, what you're
0: but
2: saying, but. It,
1: I was ripped with guilt that she endured all that. Well,
2: the way. So she
1: wouldn't leave me heartbroken, you know?
2: She obviously just loved you, yeah. and he's my best friends yeah. And I don't think yeah. you should, well, yeah. obviously from the outside, like, but you should have no guilt whatsoever. Like she's just yeah. courageous and yeah. strong, yeah. and just, yeah. and just mm. willing to put up with that for
1: mm.
2: however long. Yeah, um,
1: and I know over jealousy. You know, um, one of the girls, her mum, she asked um, her daughter, "Why, why did you do that to Nicole?" And she said, "Because the main girl was jealous." So everything that they did was just just because the main girl couldn't get the boy she wanted.
2: It's really, really sad and vile. And then the main girl who started this, what's the crack with her? Now? Any repercussions or anything at all?
1: No, when... No, none at all from any of them because they didn't do anything wrong.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I remember when I was campaigning for, for the law, some of them, two or three in particular, was getting nervous because they didn't know if this law comes out, am I going to be prosecuted? Mm-hmm. So they started threatening me to, to kill me and beat me up and put, they said they were going to put um, a petrol bomb in my letterbox and stuff and all like that. Well, I didn't care because no matter what anyone could have done, I couldn't be any more hurt what I'm feeling now um, so I didn't care I didn't care what you were saying or the threats that you were giving me it was just irrelevant to me I was I, that I distraught over losing mm. Cole, you know they were just I didn't care what they were saying or threatening
2: but So that's where she, Nicole got a strength and yeah,
1: courage
0: yeah, from you She but would definitely. have
1: gotten from me, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. How long after Nicole passes do you start campaigning for the law?
1: Straight away believe it or not when I lost Cole I slept in her room and she had, uh, I slept in her bed and she had her two pack poster on her wall and she loved Chris Brown and Drake and all that and, and Justin Bieber um, and I slept in her room and even now every night I sleep with our house coat that, that we found her in and one night um, I decided to go with Nicole um, I missed her. I wanted to, to, to hug her and kiss her, and I just I couldn't bear the thought of not seeing her. And I decided to go with Nicole, and uh, I got a phone call from. This is going to sound weird, like, and and it doesn't matter because it actually worked to keep me here. And um, I got a phone call from my cousin who I haven't talked to in probably two years before that, and she rang the night I was going to go with Cole and I didn't answer and she rang again and I said I'll answer just to get to get rid of her you know and, and she, she actually turned around and said to me whatever you're thinking about stop it now and I said I don't know what you're talking about she had a dream the night before and Nicole was in the sitting room and there was no lights on in the sitting room some random sitting room she, she didn't know the place and in the sitting room only the telly was on and on the telly was Code line Follow Your Fire and Nicole was talking to someone behind the door and she actually said, Nicole said, in the dream, no, ma'am, we don't want you up here now. You've got too much work to do. And obviously I didn't understand what she meant. And th- it was the next day, I think, Lee, being Lee, was starving and we were in a garage and he wanted to go in and get a roll. And I wouldn't listen to any music in case the song, Justin Bieber came on or, or Drake or something. But I actually turned on the radio and on the radio, Codaline Folly of Fire was on. And I'm like... Oh, and then I was going, what have I, what, what's too much work I have to do? And I didn't understand it. Anyway, it kept me here. And I decided to, the only way to keep me here was I needed a focus a plan, something to get me up every morning and I decided just one morning I'm gonna bring in the law. I hadn't a clue what I was talking about or how do you even how do you bring the law? What am I bring the law in about? I I d I didn't know but I knew I needed something to stay. And that's the the ball kind of start rolling the the TDs and ministers. I had meetings with them and and there's two things I always say in my talks in school is one, never ever say no to an Irish mammy because <laughs> it just doesn't, it doesn't work. Um, but the other thing was don't say no to a grieving Irish mam that's doing our best to stay, doing our best to to get up every morning and not leave her boys as well, you know. So that kind of gave me the fire in my belly. And it wasn't, I put um, Coles, I hate saying story because she's not a story. She's my daughter. She, she mattered then and she matters now but I'll just say story for now I put her story on Facebook social media can be great if it's used properly but it's got its dark sides you know and it was the, actually the people in Ireland that got behind me not the TDs or anything and they start sending me of messages like this is happening to my daughter, my son, my auntie, my uncle, whatever and they started sharing everything and there was two things I wanted one was a legislation to make online bullying a criminal offence but the other one was just as important to me if not even more was I needed it to be called something after Nicole because I didn't want her dead unnecessary because of jealousy, just because this person couldn't get the boy she wanted and the reason why I picked Coco's Law was because and um, when she was born, my nine-month-old nephew—he—he he was only learning how to talk, and he couldn't say Nicole. He couldn't say Nicole properly, and he could only call her Coco. And that's where she kind of got her baby name from. So we all kind of called her Coco grown up, you know. So there was two things I wanted. I needed Nicole's legacy. When Nicole died, I always said to my mum that I was going to make sure that she was never ever going to be forgotten. And that's a big thing for me—that that she's not going to be forgotten. And. Um, and the only, the only person that actually took me on was Brendan Howland from Labour. He, he was so good. And he said that, that he was going to work with the law. We'll we work together in bringing in something. And he did say to me, but I don't think it can be called Coco's. And he only barely got the words out. And I went, stop. Just stop right now. There's two things I want. is Coco's law and the legislation. I'm not stopping for either of them. And I meant to.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and it was weird, like, I didn't think I was going to get Coco's name in it. I was here to survive for my boys, do you know what I mean, and, and, and campaign. And it was only until I heard the, the TDs and ministers and all in the doll talking Coco, Coco's law, Coco this. She was in the paper and the radio Coco this, Coco that. And I was like, oh,
2: this, oven, like, this
1: yeah. well, I was, I was thinking like, this might actually work, like. They might actually put her name in it, Do you know. Maybe it's true
2: that no one's name was ever.
1: No, no one's name was. Um, there wasn't a law in Ireland named after a person. Never. No, and Brendan howland that was his big thing because he didn't think it was going to be possible. Mm. Ten days to go before Cocos Law was to be passed. Ten days, and I was saying, "What can go wrong?" I was campaigning for nearly three years at this stage, and I was saying, "What could go wrong?" And I remember. On the 10th day before I came in, I looked at my phone and Helen McEntee was only made minister for justice. justice in the September. And she, she turned around and says, we're going to call it the Online Harmful Harassment Communication Related Defence Bill. Are you going to remember that yeah. when you walk out the door, do you know? Mm. And she just, no, Coco. Helen McEntee was on Facebook and Messenger and I was never rude or disrespectful all the way up because I knew I wouldn't get anywhere with them if I was going in cursing and roaring and shouting. I bit my tongue so many times to try and not lose the head. And I sent a video to, to, to Helen McEntee crying my eyes out and told her everything. And two days later, she invited me into her office. So now I've only eight days to get her to put Coco's name into it. But she announced that she was pregnant that week as well. So when I went in... And had a meeting in the Department of Justice with Helen. She had all her solicitors and stuff and all in front. And there's me and two other lads with me. And I, I was going, how the hell am I going to do this? But I remember the four photographs because she mentioned she was pregnant. The first photograph I put down was a baby scan, a Nicole's baby scan. And I said, you have your baby scan and there's Cole's baby scan. I lied um, I didn't get a baby scan when Nicole was born. It was actually Lee. <laughs> it was his scan. It's
0: the same effect.
1: <laughs> you, you, you couldn't tell. And so I said, you have your baby scan, there's Cole's baby scan. And the second photograph I put down was Cole's Christening. And I said, you're going to have your baby's Christening. There's Cole's. Then the third one was her communion and she was like a little a little fairy, a little doll in her communion dress. And I said, you're going to have your baby's communion. But the fourth photograph I put down it's a photograph that I've never seen before and I never, ever, ever want to see it. And one of the lads gave it to me and I tore my head and I put it down and that photograph was Nicole laid out in her coffin in my mum's sitting room. And all I said to her was, there's where you are with the baby scan and, and there's where I am. At the end, of it, she just nodded, nodded her head and I just said, thank you. I hadn't a clue what I was thanking her for, but I knew she got me because... Uh, a few years before that, Helen McEntee's dad took his own, own life. So I knew, I knew she got me in some. It's, it's not, she can not the same in way, some way. But yeah, yeah. N- not not my daughter though. She'd never know how I was feeling. But and she actually gave Nicole a memorandum, her own memorandum, a memory of Nicole in Coco's law and in memory of uh, Nicole Fox. And so she put her in the memorandum, yeah. And then on the twenty eighth of December, twenty twenty. President Higgins signed Coco's Law into the Irish statue books. So that's going to be there.
0: Forever, forever.
1: Hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah, forever for and ever. So she has her legacy, you know. She Her name will never be out out that. And I remember when the law was passed, I went to my mum's house and my mum went to, to put her arms around me and I just collapsed on the floor. And I said, I, didn't, I don't want any of this. I, I just want Nicole. I just wanted... Yeah. Nicole. I didn't ask for any law or you know abroad, <laughs> you know, I'd I'd give it away in a heartbeat. I just wanted coal and it was after Nicole died after the campaign and and the law came in on the 9th of February 2021 and that's when I start grieving. I didn't grieve.
0: She didn't have time to grieve.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I was dismissing it. I was I I wasn't facing it. Yeah. You know, my mission was to, to campaign the and I, and I yeah. didn't grieve for, for Cole um, and it was only after the law was passed I gave Coco out to everyone all the media, I, I gave Coco away to everyone to bring this law in but when the law was passed I took Nicole back not Coco and that's when I stopped eating completely stopped eating I shut everyone out, I didn't get out of bed uh, again, I wanted to be with Nicole and it wasn't until um, a guy, I think you've heard from before, Gary Cunningham, he, he, he's actually, he's, he had his own troubles. He went to prison and prison turned him around actually um, and he started helping people. And it was, it was only Gary Cunningham that actually kept me here. He got me to eat again. He actually, he's the one that taught me that it's okay to smile and laugh again. While missing Nicole at the same time, that was hard. I thought I'd never, I I forgot how to smile. I forgot how to laugh. I thought if I laugh at anything, it must be, or it must be over Nicole or, you know, I I just felt that I couldn't laugh or smile again. Because it was like, then I must be getting over it, you know, which is never even today, now, you know, I miss her so, so much. But it was Gary that actually has kept me here. Even today, I talk to him every day. I see him all the time and he keeps me here every time. And it's actually Nicole's anniversary coming up. Next week. Next week, yeah. And it's not, the anniversary isn't the 20th of January. It's the 18th, 19th and 20th because the 18th finding her is just as bad as the 20th dying. And then the in-between that as well. So I've three days of just, you know, the struggle. There's always, there's always that thin line. And it's not only the anniversaries or her birthdays, I miss her every day, you know, but with the anniversaries, like.
2: It's heightened, of course. Yeah, yeah it's
1: really heightened. I still have that thin line of, of wanting to go with Cole, you know, but I don't want to go, I don't want to die. You know, I have my boys, I have my family. I have my friends, but I want to see Nicole. I'd love, to, I'd love to be able to go up people for a half an hour, check on her, make sure she's all right, and then she can just throw me back down, you know, something just to to let me know that she's okay, you know.
0: So Jackie, you actually have the law there as it's written.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, do you want to read it out for us?
1: Yeah. Okay. So um, regarding to the bullying side of it, and um, in the law it says a person who distributes sends any grossly offensive communication to another person with intent to cause harm is guilty. A person intent to cause harm where he or she interferes with another person's peace or causes distress. A person who is guilty is liable to a class A fine or imprisonment. And that's for the bullying side of it. And that's that's what I brought in. But also a little bit down, further down the line, they brought in two more things to to be put into Coco's Law. And that's the intimate images where now you can't share or even threaten to share an intimate image of anyone on or offline with or without their consent. You just cannot do it. But. At the moment, the intimate images is kind of taken over the, the the bullying part, and people have come to me thinking that oh, Coco's law is only for intimate images. It's not. It's for bullying as well as the sharing of intimate images. So anyone that is out there getting bullied and and you know so so bad online, Coco's law does cover the. It's online harassment communication so um, it's not only about intimate images it is bullying Coco's Odd does cover the bullying side of it
2: yeah well that's what I was originally that, that's what you yeah. originally originally yeah, for that's,
1: and, yeah. and the then
2: you lock them in on top of it and you're just making sure it doesn't get lost in it yeah so people need to know what it's for yeah online harassment bullying yeah. mm. and intimate images also
1: yeah and it has kind of got lost because some people have gone down to, to some of the guards and, and even the guards said, Oh no, that's only intimate image images. Mm. Yeah. It's not. Right. It's not. That's the original um it is bullying yeah. and the intimate images, which is great. Don't get me wrong, I, I'm I'm glad it's put in because that's huge in Ireland, the sharing of intimate images. But I don't want the main fact of the bullying is there and for Look, it not the, to get lost.
2: they are trying to educate people that it's all in there together. Yes. So if you're going yes. to and yes. Coco's Law is there.
1: Yeah. For
2: all the parties,
0: bullying and intimate, and intimate, intimate, intimate images, images. Yeah. all yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. This Coco's Law has actually being rolled out across the EU, isn't yeah. it?
1: Yeah. And that's weird how how it happened. I'd never in a million. I thought, wow, I'm about to get in Cocos, I'm about to get in Nicole's legacy. She's Irish, it's in Ireland. You know, this is what I want. It wasn't what I want, if you know what I mean. But I'd done it over here. But then one day I got a a call from a guy in England um, and he was talking to me and, I've met so many weird people, <laughs> 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 while campaign and like proper, proper. And it's hard to know who to trust and and who's just using you for for certain things and stuff. But um, we actually started to talk on Zoom. He said, "Let me call you on Zoom," and you know, and we ended up talking. And the European Parliament in Brussels asked this company to come over and make a, a short film, and. Um, about Nicole and Coco's Law. So these guys from England came over to me, spent the weekend in Wexford with me doing this film and we sent it back to Brussels. Didn't know if anything was coming out of it. And it was on the 1st of May, just before the 1st of May, actually, I got a call that the European Parliament wanted me to go over to Brussels and speak about Nicole and Coco's Law and we played the short film. And it was so scary because... It was a huge place that we set in and everyone had their computers, but there was interpreters from 27 countries and God loved them. Trying to interpretate, interpretate a Dublin accent <laughs> <laughs> into 27 countries was being so hard for her. But um, this was put over all over Europe. And they asked me, the guys in Brussels asked me to come back to Strasbourg in the June. And I said, OK, but in May I went home. Barely unpacked the suitcase. It was only like a day after they rang me and said, actually, can you come back the next day And um, to Strasbourg? And off I went to Strasbourg. And in Strasbourg, um, I was sitting with the president of the European um, Parliament and, and she's the number one and then number two and number three. So there they were the top people that needed to hear. If anyone's going to hear it, it would be them. And they have given me the award They've started it, they're up and running it. That they are going to bring um, a, a legislation in Europe. They're trying to get it instead of all different countries to, to bring it in one law yeah. all over Europe. Yeah, so they have said, so they started the proceedings, but like like all governments, it, it's not going to happen
0: overnight. Oh, nu- yeah, yeah. It,
1: it will take a couple of years to, to go through. But now <laughs> the the thing is, I couldn't state clearly enough, and I repeated it so many times in front of everyone, that they can call her what they want, call her their own name, but have Nicole's name in it. Again, I don't want her to be to be forgotten. We did bring it over to Europe as well. I want her name on the law. So that's what I'm kind of, look, Coco's law, I did it. So ending after that would be a bonus, do you know what I mean? So they're not, it won't be called Coco's Law over in, because there's Any already, deal, yeah. yeah, because there is already a law. But what I'm trying to to get them to do is call it blah, 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 whatever. Um, also referred to as Coco's Law or even in memory of Nicole Coco Fox or inspired by Nicole Coco Fox. Something Some yeah. something to have her, have her name. And then I was asked <laughs> over to the European Parliament and um, I went over to Croatia and... Slovakia as well and spoke in the European Parliament's there and it's funny because I haven't flown since 1991 <laughs> I went on my honeymoon I hated it I hated flying and I never went on a plane de- since and going over to Brussels between Brussels and Strasbourg there was no direct flights like you had to go from Dublin to England England to Germany and then Germany to wherever. like. So I did, I had, uh, in 10 days, I had seven flights. <laughs> so I was <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, that was a nightmare now. Yeah, um, oh, nah.
2: I know you're so busy with everything going on and all this happening. Mm. Do you understand the magnitude of what you're doing? Mm. Do you ever stop and sit back and go, obviously this, you would rather not have to do this. Yeah. But how selfless you are to do this do you understand the magnitude no. of how big this really is?
1: No, no, I don't. And I'll, I'll tell you why. When law was passed, it was the most bitter, sweet moment mm. I could ever face. People were saying to me, oh, you must be so happy. Are you serious? Like, I wasn't so happy. Or you must be so proud of yourself. No, I'm, I'm not. No, I'm not. I, I can't understand the word proud because... I shouldn't have to do that. Yeah. That law should have been, not Coca-Cola, our law should have been in years ago to protect, to, to protect people. And I, I had to lose my daughter for other people to gain a law. So I can't be proud of something that should have been, that should, Already, she should yeah. have been protected. Yeah. Um, I know I saved so many people's lives because they've got back onto me and, and, and helped so many, but I don't think about it, of the magnitude of, of what I'm doing. I, can't, I, just, I, just, I just can't feel it.
2: I think I completely get what you're saying. I think it's okay to feel bitter. Mm. I feel a certain way towards the law because you'll always think, why wasn't it there anyways? Mm. But now that it is there, I don't think you understand how many thousands of people you're going to help
1: mm-hmm.
2: forever. Yeah. like mm. It's huge. And
1: there's people in, in prison right now right this second under Coco's Law does a good few months ago there was up to 370 people prosecuted under Coco's Law now it does more and there's so much so many more under investigation as well so it is
0: actively it
1: is yeah. active and it's, it's out there but yeah I don't I I don't want to get the magnitude I, I just some days I just go day by day or I never think back yeah it's not a well moment or I don't feel like, oh wow, well, I'm actually saving so many people's lives. I can't, I just, it's hard to explain. I shouldn't have them to do it.
2: Yeah. Of course. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Course, I shouldn't
1: yeah. have them to lose gold for, for other people to gain this. I should have been in. Yeah. So I don't really think about what I've done. I yeah. just keep going forward and not.
2: Yeah, of course. Back. Well, I think it should be our job as people, citizens of Ireland and everyone there in Europe to put you on a pedestal for what you're doing. Yeah, it's, it's a thank you for that, yeah. So mm. you, although you don't want to sh- take credit or mm. anything like that, you can feel a certain sh- way about in terms of mm. bit or anything. Mm. I think everybody else needs to be grateful for it. you're doing. Mm. Yeah. And because it mm. it is mm. bigger, I think it's a lot bigger than you even realise yeah, what you're after I, doing.
1: It's, yeah, because even the guards do say, even when they're talking, they always put schools or whatever, onto me like they know how big it is or mm. but yeah I just You
2: don't look at really like that.
1: No. Mm. I just I just I shouldn't have to do it. <laughs> do you know. But I get what you're saying. Yeah I, I don't understand I don't even try and understand what's doing. I know it's working that's and that's you
2: just that's feel like good you enough need for me. To do that. That's yeah. all yeah. You, you you feel like you need to do that and you need yeah. to keep on carrying yeah. it on and yeah. doing what you doing. Yeah. yeah. And I'll
1: always I'll always anywhere I go I always want people to know who Cole is. You yeah. know, so, and that, that's what I set out to do. You yeah. know, not, yay, I brought in the law. Like, and, and then I got, I got freedom of the city, <laughs> which is quite funny because what you get, I'm entitled to bring a sheep into Stephen's green. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> say, what is this? I yeah. would have rather the car or something.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 But with the law dating back. Hundreds of years. Yeah.
1: It is, yeah. I, <laughs> I'm now allowed to bring a sheep into Stevens Green and not get fined. <laughs>
0: yeah. What? Yeah, it's yeah, mad. It's yeah. crazy, it's, isn't it? Like they need to change that. They need to give someone like a car or something <laughs> yeah. every, every year. Get yeah. a free car or something. Yeah, I just thought,
1: like, and they put on a big, a big thing for me and all But I just thought it was so funny. Like you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's that what you get. You get like
0: special privileges but like no one uses them because it's stuff like bringing a sheep into <laughs> town that you can't get fined for. Yeah, so I'm does that mean, that mean if Terence brought a sheep down saving screen he'd get a fine?
1: Oh yeah, you're not allowed to do that, I am. <laughs> Bring Jackie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, I know, that's mad. what you get for freedom in the in any way you're allowed to. Well, that's, <laughs> a load a of that. yeah. that's a loud abolish <laughs> that. That needs to be updated. They
0: should give you a free TV licence. But um, Jackie, you've probably done like one of the most natural things any human could go through and burying a child like no parents have to bury that child do you think that driving this law forward not just nationally but across the continent then do you think that will give you closure
1: no it won't ever give me closure because the people that did this to Cole, they had a great Christmas they'll have a great Easter they'll have a great Paddy's weekend they'll have a great they're going to live their lives It'll never bring me closure because they never got punished for it. There's no, they, you know, there's no justice done for, for me. I can't say, oh, well, wait, they're, they've been put in, in in prison or whatever. It's not going to happen. I won't get closure, knowing that, um, that they're living their their lives and I've to struggle every day. With, without Nicole. So even doing everything that I'm doing, no, I, I, I can't have closure. And people, some people say to me, would, would you ever forgive them? You know, it'll help you if you forgive them. Absolutely not. I'll never forgive them I'll, I'll, for for taking taking my daughter away. And then those threatening me then for bring, bringing in the law. Like they took Nicole away. They tried to take me as well. I'll never, I'll never, I can't, I can't forgive them them the way they made Nicole feel for those three and a half years and especially on her last day where she just thought she couldn't stay. So I can't get closure because it's never going to be closed. They're still living their lives. They've got away with it. Except mentally maybe they haven't. But no, I can't. There is no closure. For me, anyway.
2: And I don't. No one can condemn that either. Mm. You know, I th- I I'm all for forgiveness in most situations in the world, but yeah, you, you
1: know, I'm not, and I'm yeah. not a bad person. Like I am, do you know, I, I you know I don't I don't hate people. And, he, and even the people that hurt Nicole, I don't let them consume me. I don't think about them every day. I don't let them consume me in my head. I just do what I'm I'm doing. and moving forward. I I always say that I'll never move on. That's like oh, move on. It's done. It's forgotten. Like move on. But I have moved forward in so many ways, and that's what I aim to do, is just try and move forward. I can't let anyone like that into my head, consume me into my head, because, you know, then they're winning.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I think it's a big thing about people, you know, when they lose someone in such tragic circumstances, they feel guilty if their life goes on. Oh, because time. it's like survivor's guilt kind of yeah, thing do you know big. what I mean they're not here I am yeah. I should spend every single second in agony mm. well that I have but it's such a big step being mm. like now I'm able to laugh again I'm able to smile mm. again
1: guilt actually destroyed me for the few years now I realise I'm not guilty I don't have anything to be, gui- I be guilty I loved yeah. Nicole I can't love her anymore I'm not the guilty one but I think as Irish people are People in general, when you lose someone like that, and especially in that way, you have to beat yourself up. You beat yourself up over over things. It's just something that I know I did because I wasn't getting any justice. I was taking out on me. I was beating myself up. I was blaming myself. And that, that was hard. I don't do that anymore. I don't have any guilt because... I I did everything um I couldn't love her as much as I I did and and still now I I love the bones of her you know But I did beat myself up and again it's it's a it's a self-harming thing as well I think mentally yeah um but yeah no I I I once I I got rid of the the guilt in my head it was easier to move forward Old, that way yeah yeah, yeah.
0: And a little boy told us, Well, you've done a, a bit of walk with a friend of ours, Jer Walsh.
1: Yeah, Jer. Yeah. It's funny how that happened because the f- very first interview I did on a radio station, and Jer just happened to be driving, driving wherever he was going, and he was listening to the interview. And he actually says, I need to get in contact with Jackie Fox. And he, he rang the, the show and got my number anyway. And, and me and Jer have been walking together for the last nearly six years because Santa anniversary is coming up n- nearly six years and um, yeah we were putting together it, it started off where he was just filming and we weren't thinking of anything what was coming out of it or nothing and then it ended up yeah we were we've done a documentary together and uh, yeah it, it'll it'll be out soon
2: yeah And else uh, skills Jackie skills you're in mm. skills you don't talk mm. all over skills all yeah. over the country yeah. how would you find that?
1: Um, it's it's draining, <laughs> um, but very beneficial. When I when I go into schools, I actually play uh, at the start of the my talk. I play um, a part of the documentary that that me and Jair um, were putting together, and that kind of lures the the students in of what I'm about to talk. And but in my talk, honest to God, you could. Actually, hear a pin drop. Um, obviously, just tears as well, and 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 stuff from the students. But I know it's working because at the end of it, there's cues cues coming up from the students to to talk to me, and it's it's amazing what they tell me because because I opened up. Then they they some of them would just go up saying thank you and you're so, you're so brave and all that. But they'd come up and then say this is actually happening to me, or or they'd tell me.
2: The, the bullying, space
1: then. yeah, and the the bullying that they, and then when I go home, I will always have loads of messages on Instagram or whatever from the students, telling them how much I've helped them. So, schools and colleges, I do parent talks, and um, football clubs, you mm. reach whoever whoever wants. Uh, mm. I I I do the talk, but it's you know I, I I I see the impact that it does have on them. The um. It's helped so, so many um, students in the school to open up. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's it's selfless, like, for you to do that. It's so, I don't know what the right word is, but it's just so demanding from you. Mm. And you can see it is, like, that day, that's hard to even listen to. I I can't even, I don't even want to even try and imagine what it's like for you to tell it. Mm. And how hard that must be to do on a rig, and you're doing it probably daily at this rate. Mm. But, as Taryn said, it is so selfless, like the impact it's having on everyone else that's hurting it. Yeah. You know, like, mm. and the horrible thing about that is you'll never understand that back. You know like, it, it can't yeah. back to you, but mm. if you take anything from us, it's, it's that it is, we're trying to tell you it, it definitely is benefiting people and yeah.
1: yeah. Mm, well that's, that's, that's great. You know, if it's, obviously I can't get a call back, but if it helps, it, you know, you're going to leave but a legacy the that, there,
0: though. Our legacy's there. It's written in yeah, the law. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, mm. I just, that's, you know, that's huge for me. Obviously, the law is good, but, I agree, I should say. <laughs> but our legacy is, like, to me, that's that's so important. That was, that's...
0: Yeah, have you ever heard the saying, you die twice? So, you die once the day you actually die, and the second time you die is the last time someone says your name? Because that means you're gone out of history then. You're gone to of this forever. Oh, distance, yeah, okay, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Nicole's name is written into the Iris statue. Yeah. Forever.
1: Forever. So, <laughs> forever never.
0: ever, yeah. Just want to look her right that way. Yeah.
1: So like, uh, like many years down the line if anyone looks up bullying Lo- or whatever. Long like,
0: before, long sorry, long after, been, after we're all gone. Yeah. That's still going to be in the up, law. Up, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a law still there that you can yeah. bring a sheep down Stephen's grain <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hundreds of years ago. So this is going to be know, a couple yeah. hundred years. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: And you know, me going, one, I know she's not hurting. Hmm. She's not sad. I know that. How can she be? You know, she, she's not here now. But I always, I always believe that she's with me. I don't think I could ever have done what I've done without her. I know she's, she, she's helped me through. And I always picture her. I know she'd be so proud of me. If anyone's proud of me, I know Nicole's proud of me, and I could just picture her going, um, you know, "Yup, Jackers," you know. Yeah. <laughs> and she used to call me her her mama bear, so I can picture her saying, "Yup, Jackers, that's my mama bear," you know. So that's, I know, I know she'd be proud of me so much, and and that's that's like, wow, you know. To me, she makes me proud. She makes me go on. She makes me do what I do, you know. So
0: keep doing what you're doing, Jackie. You're there the good fight. And I'm, I'm, I've no doubt she would be proud of you as
1: well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, look, just
2: thanks again. We know it's not easy to sit down and be that vulnerable. Yeah. And for you to sit down and tell us that story. It's actually an honour to sit down and talk to you and thanks for everything that you're doing. Oh, you not know. just in fucking Ireland now, this way you all have a in Europe and everywhere else. Yeah, grafting, yeah. I should
1: be at home knitting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no. I really should be at home knitting. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, look, again, thanks very much, and it was an honour to sit down and talk to you, Jackie. Oh, thank mm-hmm. you. Thanks, thanks you very much.
1: In, uh,
2: That's it. We leave her at that, yeah. yeah?
0: All right, take us out home. Boom.
1: Subscribe to this podcast for free On the Go Light app you Watch your back Just a little
0: more
1: you're it, your body it. Work
2: it and long. When you hip knocker go down, go down, go down, go down.